Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Roger Lewis, and uh, in a moment I'll be speaking on that passage that we uh, just heard. But let me give you some context. <coughs> uh, for six weeks we've been working through this booklet. It's called uh, Six Steps. You'll see there are six squares there, another six squares here. So six weeks, uh, six steps to loving your church. And the tagline here is, from the ministry of the few to the ministry of the pew. So the idea is it's not just Roger here, Judy, Jan, Brian, it's not just the few at the front, but everyone, uh, everyone who's involved in the church. Everyone keeps the wheels turning, everyone's a cog in the machine. And the uh, lubricant that keeps the machine working is love. So here it is, loving your church. Uh, we're going to be talking today about love. And uh, today we finish with, if you like, the title track, Loving Your Church. That's the theme of the six weeks and the theme of today's uh, message, Loving Your Church. So let me pray. Our Father in heaven, by your Spirit, help us to love you with all that we are. Help us to love our neighbours as ourselves. This we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, uh, we've got a passage from the book of Colossians, uh, chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 12, and we'll see that in a moment. But just to give you some context, this, um, this book of Colossians, as it's called, is actually a letter. And it was a letter uh, that was written by a couple of Christians, uh, one being Paul and the other being Timothy. So uh, in chapter 1, if you uh, look back at that, uh, the beginning of Colossians, in chapter 1, verse 1, it says it's written by Paul and Timothy. So they wrote the letter and they wrote it to a group of Christians in a city of Colossae. And so that city no longer exists. It's um, near the modern city of uh, Honaz in Turkey. But uh, it was written by a couple of Christians to a group of Christians. And so the people reading the letter are, are Christians. So uh, the opening line says it's written to the brothers and sisters in Christ. That's in chapter 1, verse 2. And the greeting... Uh, that Paul and Timothy give is grace and peace to you from God our Father. That's, that's verse 2. So uh, God our Father, brothers and sisters, this is who it's written to. So what I'm talking about today is directed to people who are Christians. Now, um, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, that's okay. Uh, in fact, you can become a Christian right now because what's involved is rejecting anything that's not to do with Christ and then entrusting uh, your life to Christ. Uh, that's uh, something you can do anywhere, anytime. You can do it right now. And in the passage, just in the verses, just immediately before these verses we're looking at in chapter 3, in verses 9 and 10, it says a Christian is someone who puts off the old self and puts on the new self. So it's described as these two steps. It's putting something off, taking off dirty clothes, if you like, or taking off some rags putting on something else. This is a clean clothing of, of Jesus. So it's those two steps, uh, putting off the old, putting on the new. And as I say, uh, you can do that right now, and if so, what I'm talking about will apply directly to you. Someone who is a brother, and sis brother or sister in Christ, someone who has the same heavenly Father as those of us here who trust in Jesus. But... If you're not ready to do that right now, that's okay, because what I'm talking about is about what God's family is like, what it's like to be part of the family of God, how the family members um, live together. 
And you might, on hearing that, decide that is something you want to be part of. And the characteristic of God's family, as I've said, is love. God himself is love. God loves, but God is love. God loves us. God invites us to love him. And he invites us to love others. And loving your church, this uh, series, loving your church, this topic today, that's just an example uh, of this love. Well, uh, in a word, we could sum this up as love. So the six steps, love, 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 love. All you need is love, says the Beatles sang before they broke up. But now love is something we've had each week here, love, love, love. So you might think, well, you don't have to tell me that again. Of course, that's what it is all about. But I want to point out that not everyone thinks that's what it's all about. There are other religions, other philosophies, which don't have love as the key. In some religions, you don't so much love God as fear God, or God is someone to be uh, obeyed. Uh, in some philosophies, you don't look towards others and how you might love them. You look into yourself. That's where you find meaning inside, not, not outside connecting with God or connecting with others. In fact, in some philosophies, the whole point is to disengage from the world and in that way, by becoming completely isolated and uh, disengaged, you become enlightened. So it's not self-evident that love should be front and centre, but in the Christian faith it is. It is a distinctive of Christianity that love is front and centre. The Ten Commandments, if you like, are about love. There are four commandments about loving God, the first four, then six about loving others. And Jesus said the whole of what came before him could be summed up in two commandments. Love God, love others. If you like those four commandments, love God, and those other six, love others. Uh, Leon Morris said the two parts of the Bible could be called testaments of love. The Old Testament, the New Testament, testaments of love. So love is the distinctive characteristic of God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Love is a distinctive mark of the Christian. So it's not surprising when it comes to the particular topic of the community of Christian believers, the church, that that community should be characterised by love. And so, uh, as I said, this is what the series is about. If you were here week one, you may remember that Paul preached on love from 1 Corinthians 13. It's a very famous chapter in the Bible, maybe the most famous chapter. It's sometimes called the love factor. It's all about love. So that was week one. Week two, if you are here, was called building in love. Week three, get ready to build. Week four, love over coffee. I remember that one. Week five, loving the outsider. And now week six, loving your church. All right, well, let's turn to the passage, if we may see it on the screen, and you may follow in your Bible. Uh, Colossians 3, we see love is front and center. And we might start with verse 14, uh, which ties together the whole thing. In verse 14, you can read there, Above all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So love is the top virtue, if you like, the preeminent virtue. It's the one that's over all the other virtues. Uh, you may recall from 1 Corinthians 13, the famous finish of that chapter, these three remain faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. So there are all these things that are talked about, but at the top of the tree is love. Love is the greatest. Love is over all these. But more than that, love also binds them together. It binds them all together. It's like 
uh, something that ties and brings everything into harmony, into unity, you see there, into perfection, into a perfect unity. So love is not just the icing on the cake, it's, it's like the flavour that's throughout the cake. It's the thing that brings everything together, love. All right, well, it's mentioning these virtues that have been listed in the previous verses. So let's go back to verse 12. Uh, so what are these virtues that are, that are crowned and bound by love? You see here they're listed. Uh, clothe yourselves, here's that idea. Throw off the old clothes, put on the new clothes. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Now, these might be seen as uh, characteristics of Jesus Christ himself because as we read about Jesus in the Gospel, we see Jesus was compassionate, Jesus was kind, Jesus was humble, Jesus was gentle, Jesus was patient. So we're being asked to follow the one we are followers of, Jesus. We're asked to, to be like God, showing these attributes which characterize Jesus' compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And if we move on to the next verse, in verse 13, you'll see there, there is forgiveness and forbearance. So bear with each other, forbearance, forgive one another uh, if you have a grievance. Those two characteristics again were uh, epitomized by Jesus. He, he, bore, uh, he, he bore with a lot and he forgave others. Forgive as the Lord forgave you at the end of verse 13. You'll see there. Now I want to point out that a lot of these virtues and uh, like the gifts we heard about uh, in step four are directed to other people. So some of those things back in verse 12 being humble, gentle, you might say they're personal characteristics, but most of these characteristics have to do with other people. So um, being gentle towards others, being patient with others, uh, being compassionate clearly has to do with other people, being kind, and here forgiving, uh, bearing with others has to do with other people, forgiving has to do with other people. So it's very outwardly directed. It's talking about our own virtues, you might say our own character, but so much of this is directed towards other people and how we live with others. And you'll see there in verse 13, bear with each other, this phrase, each other, and then um, forgive if you have a grievance against someone or against, you might say, another. And so we've got bear with each other, forgive one another. You may recall in Romans 12, uh, at step four a couple of weeks ago, there were these phrases, be devoted to one another, honour one another, live in harmony with one another. Each of us belongs to the others. We belong to one another. And so if we move at verse 15, look at verse 15 now in uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, you'll see there that the peace of Christ is to rule in our hearts since as members of one body we were called to peace. It's again this idea of others. We are part of a larger entity. We are part of the body of Christ. As members of one body, as members of the body of Jesus Christ, uh, we were called to peace. And that's a picture we've seen through this series developed not only here in Colossians 3, but in Ephesians 4, in 1 Corinthians 12, and in Romans 12. The picture of Christ as being a body of many parts. And here it is again. Uh, the peace of Christ should rule in our hearts since as members of one body we were called to peace. So the church here is depicted as uh, a body, as, as the body of Christ. 
So I want to say the church is more than just we who are here now. Uh, you may know at 10 o'clock there'll be another group of people meeting here now. So they're, um, they're part of the church. The church is not just us here and now. The church is bigger than this. It includes, it includes even the people who come at 10 a.m. Okay, And uh, I'll just mention that uh, the Anglican Church, which this is part of, is organised in parishes. And let me tell you, this is not the only parish. Okay, This is North Goulburn Parish, but uh, there are other parishes which make up the diocese. And a number of us, I see Stephen, Tara, were at the Synod uh, down in Canberra uh, yesterday, and that's where Paul is today. And so there's a meeting of this, um, this diocese. Uh, there are about 250 people there. And of course, I've just been talking about the Anglican Church. There are other denominations around. There are Presbyterians, let's say. There are Baptists. There are independent churches. Now, not everyone in all these places are necessarily um, members of the body of Christ because... I said at the start, there may even be somebody sitting here today who's not, not yet a Christian. And Jesus said, there'll be sheep and there'll be goats. Uh, when you're growing things, there could be some good crops, but some crops are growing up there that are going to be thrown into the fire in the end. Not necessarily everyone who's a member of any particular meeting uh, are all in, the, in Christ. Uh, so there'll be some here who are in the body, many here I'm sure who are in the body of Christ, perhaps some who are not. But... The point I'm trying to make is that the body of Christ is much larger than this group in this building just now. And uh, on Friday before last, uh, I was privileged, a few of us here went to the closing ceremony of a, of a Kairos week at the uh, Goulburn Correctional Centre. And um, a number of the um, men there who had taken part, men in green, uh, were given the chance to speak. And one of them went to the microphone, put his arms like this and said, We are the church! So that's great. So the church is in Goulburn uh, Correctional Centre. It's in the Supermax. Uh, the church exists in a lot of places other than right here, or I might say right now. If you check up the back, there's a plaque there, and it says there's somebody in this church in 1864. So uh, that's, a, that's a while ago. And uh, I think that's, you know, none of us were here in 1864, I don't think, not even the oldest... Um, great-grandfather was here in 1864. The church has been here for a long time. And this letter to the Colossians, that was written to Christians who were living thousands of years ago. So there have been, uh, the body of Christ is much bigger than just we sitting here today. It includes us, but it's much bigger. It's a church that extends over time and over space. Uh, in the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe in the, Catholic, uh, sorry, in the Holy Catholic Church. And in the Nicene Creed, that's actually expanded out to say, we believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. So here are four marks of the church. It is one church. In Ephesians 4, it says there is one body, that's the church, there's one body and one spirit, one God and Father of all. There's Jesus Christ, the Spirit, God the Father, but there's one church uh, there's not one church meeting here at 8 a.m., another church meeting at 10 a.m., another church meeting in Goulburn Jail. We are part of one church. It is holy. If we go back to verse 12, you'll see that word is mentioned there. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We are holy. We are chosen. We are set apart. That's what the word means. The church is different to the world. It is set apart. It is holy. The church is Catholic. Now, that means universal. It doesn't mean Roman Catholic, although sometimes it's confused with that. It means the church is not just 
at this location. It's not just even in this state or this country. It's international. It's universal. In Revelation 5 says, With your blood, Jesus purchased for God, with his blood, Jesus purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And who knows? There may even be Christians on other planets. I don't know. But the church is, is universal. It's apostolic. What does that mean? It's based on the testimony of the apostles, people like Peter and James. It's not just anyone's idea. It goes back to those people who were with Jesus. They are the direct eyewitnesses. The church is apostolic. So this is the church that we are to love, the one holy, universal and apostolic church, the true church, the body of Christ. Now there's a saying, I love humanity. It's just the people I can't stand. And I uh, said before, you know, the Beatles, all you need is love, and then they broke up. So it's a theory, but putting into practice is a trick. So love the church, start with loving uh, the person beside you. And if you look at the last, or verse 16, uh, the second last verse in the section, uh, one practical way to do that is to let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And part of this church, you'll see there on the bulletin, says we believe that God speaks to us through his word. The message or the word of Christ dwells among us richly as we teach and admonish. You might say teaching is giving some positive thing. Admonish perhaps saying uh, a negative aspect of that, saying you're doing something wrong. But we're to teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And... Uh, the song we're about to sing is called The Church's One Foundation. It says the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. And uh, we'll read later, I hope, sing later, elect from every nation. This is the universal church, yet one or all the earth. So the one uh, Catholic church, if you like, one Lord, one faith, one birth. So let's uh, put this into practice now by uh, teaching and admonishing one another uh, through our singing, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts.